You're listening to Dialed In, a National Club Golfer podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Dialed In National Club Golfers Weekly Look at the Best Bets on the Professional Tours. I am delighted as always to be joined by NCG's form expert Barry Plummer. Welcome Barry. Hi Steve, how are you doing? I am very, very good, very good. Um, very exciting weekend of professional golf with um, John Rahm obviously having to withdraw from the memorial because he unfortunately contracted COVID-19. Patrick Cantley coming out on top, albeit in the narrowest of margins. Um, Lexi Thompson uh, in the US Open when it looked like she um, she had it in the bag. A, a, a very difficult and unfortunate end for her. And then today on the Porsche European Open, the bullet. Marcus Armitage, what a round of golf and probably the only week you haven't backed him. You're absolutely 100% correct. And I'm absolutely furious with myself because I've put him up so many times I've just been a bit of a running joke and uh, I back him most weeks because I think he, he's a brilliant player and he's got so much potential. And actually, the week that I think uh, I leave him alone, he goes and wins. But even, even so, I'm really, really pleased for him because he deserves it. He's played fantastically over the last sort of 12 months or so. Um, and I don't think that'll be the last time we see him winning on the European Tour. Yeah, and you've got to feel for uh, both John Rahm and for Lexi Thompson in the Memorial Tournament and the U.S. Women's Open. I mean, a fantastic story for Yuka Sasso, obviously. Um, got a number of headlines for the similarity of her swing to Rory McIlroy, and she's obviously modelled herself on on him as she's grown up through the game. So a fantastic winner there. But where there's winners, there's also uh, unfortunately defeat as well and in the worst possible circumstances for both players there. Yeah, absolutely. And and as we we outlined uh, last week, there, there's some really good golf coming up. And obviously this week was a showcase of that. Some really great tournaments looking at the US Women's Open and the, the Memorial and um, drama all over the place, which we come to expect now. But in, in sort of, as you mentioned, the most extreme of circumstances, really, um, it's why we watch professional golf, isn't it? All of this sort of late twists and turns that mean that we get to the result, which um, which should be. And hopefully John will have recovered uh, in time uh, for the US Open. Um, and Lexi will come back stronger as well, won't she? Yeah, of course. And I know it's, it's so easy to say this um, and people will probably say that I'm, I'm telling a fib. But Lexi Thompson was, was a player that I really seriously considered when looking at my preview for US Women's Open last week. She fits the bill for the course that that was. And I wasn't surprised to see her up at the top of the leaderboard. And actually... Um, I think I was more surprised at the fact that, you know, that that lead did sort of fritter itself away over the course of the last round. And um, you've got to feel sorry for for Lexi, but she will no doubt come back stronger, as will um, John Rahm. Yeah, golf moves on and uh, we move on this week on the PGA Tour with the Palmetto Championship. I mean, look, let's be honest about this. Um, the US Open is next week at Torrey Pines, and that has obviously had an impact on the field, particularly coming after Memorial. A lot of a lot of the big name players you'd expect to get a run in into the US Open have decided to play in Memorial than here instead. So, I mean, 
when you have considered um, how to approach this event, what have, what's been your guiding principles? Well, I mean, when you look at the fact that this is a, a new event on a new course, uh, I can see why some of the players have, have avoided it, really. Do you really want to be going into a, a major championship, especially at the US Open, playing the week before on a course which you don't particularly know very well? Uh, I imagine the frustration that can come from that um, might not be the best preparation. But when, when I'm looking at this, I really am just looking at recent form. Um, you don't really have, as I said, any course form to go on. You've got a little bit of correlating form of different tracks, but but ultimately, um, this week for me, you're looking at the strength of the field. And therefore, when you're looking at the fact this is maybe a little bit of a weaker field, you're looking at who's playing well and uh, who's towards the top of the market. Yeah, we, we don't know a lot about the Congaree Golf Club in South Carolina, but we do know a lot about Tom Fazio and the type of tracks that he designs. And um, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I think the main um, thing to consider with this course is length. It's good. It's a long course, um, which in itself, I suppose, is a bit of a um, a test, a testing warm up for the US Open. We know the US Open courses are traditionally quite long. Also, um, there are a lot of water hazards um, and the greens are very complex. Lots of closely mown runoff areas ready to sort of repel any shots which don't quite make it onto the surface where it should be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as I said, we've not we've not visited this course before in the PGA Tour, which means that we are going off what we know of, you know, um, of, of other experiences of the course and the information that we get fed from that. So um, course form for me, as I said, isn't there this week, but the, the recent form is going to be important. Well, we've talked about the field and the perhaps lack of a long list of star names at the Palmetto Championship. But the world number one is here, Dustin Johnson, and he leads the way very marginally from Brooks Kepka, their joint favourites um, within a lot of the markets. But Tyrrell Hatton is the third favourite, along with uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. So you can get Dustin at eights, Brooks at eights and nines, Tyrrell's at sixteens, Matt Fitzpatrick, Prices up to 18s, and then we're getting into the 20s and the 40s pretty quickly as you go down the list of Sung JM, Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Poulter, Alex Noren, for example. So um, let's get straight into it then, because that's what people want. Um, you've got a couple of selections for the Palmetto. Who's your top tip? Um, again, might seem a little bit of a cop out, but for me this week, when you're looking at an event like this where you don't know too much about the course and you don't know too much about um, the actual event, obviously it would be a new one. You, you're looking at the top of the market. And for me, out of the two leaders, Brooks Kepka definitely um, screams the most value to me at eight to one, if you can call it value. Um, the reason being is that obviously he played fantastically well at the PGA Championship. The bookmakers nearly learned a very expensive lesson by putting him up at 50 to one. Um, and they've obviously not made that mistake this week with a much uh, weaker field. But Kepka's game is improving. Um, and after that injury, he seems to be coming back and he's approaching major season, which we know he likes in, in increasingly good form. He ranks eighth for strokes gained off the tee, second for strokes gained tee to green. We know the length won't be a problem for him at all. The thing that really interests me is that, as I mentioned, these green complexes are very complex, uh, you know, trying to navigate around them in the closely mown runoff areas. Brooks Kepka ranks 12th for strokes gained around the green. So even when he's not necessarily finding the surface, he's able to get up and down, which is going to be important here, as we saw in the PGA Championship. Um, that rust, the post-injury rust that he may have had, seems to have been shaken off for me. And although he's only 8-1, to one, in an event where there isn't a lot of quality um, in the field, I think he will have too much for most of them. 
Do you think that his victory at the Phoenix Open earlier this year has finally um, kiboshed this idea that um, he only turns up for the majors and he's not that interested in winning PGA Tour events? Yeah, I mean, I think when you just look at this this ongoing running thing with Bryson at the moment, it shows um, that, you know, that, that any opportunity, I think, at this point in time for Brooks Kepka to be able to have any sort of one-up on, on Bryson or any of the other golfers, in fact, on the PGA Tour, he's going to take it. He wants to be the best. He wants to show, show people that he's the best. And, you know, coming into uh, the US Open next week, if he can go in with a win, um, I think then, you know, that that changes his mentality as to, well, I did really well in the PJ Championship, narrowly missed out, went and won on my next start. And now I'm ready to go and win the US Open. So, yeah, I think he will be he'll be up for it this week. Do you think there's the worry, though, that he might just use this as a warm up? Yeah, potentially. But I think even as I mentioned, I, when you look through the, the the field this week, there aren't many sort of multiple PJ Tour winners in, in the field. There aren't many major champions in the field and I think even Brooks Kepka at maybe 70% is still good enough to go and win this event um, because of the quality that he has and I think that if he if he does turn up and uses a bit of a warm-up he's still going to be there or thereabouts and uh, that can't all necessarily be said for a lot of the others. Are you not worried about the knee? I mean, he's obviously still got something of an issue with it. You could see by the way he was trying to read putts at the PGA Championship. Obviously, I'd you know, another couple of weeks rest since um, since the PGA. But but you you saw enough there, did you, to make you think he can get through another four rounds? I mean, I would note that he got worse as the week went on, didn't he? In terms of a feeling it and b his seventy four on Sunday was clearly his most disappointing effort of the week. Yeah, and uh, when you look at um, his putting stats uh, for strokes gained putting, it's really clear that that's where his weakness is at the moment. That may be because he is struggling to read the putts as well as he usually would do in terms of getting down and up. But um, yeah, he's he's in the hundreds, uh, really high in comparison to his other stats. Putting's what's letting him down. Um, but, you know, you as I mentioned earlier on, I know I'm repeating myself a lot. When you go into US Open, one of the key stats that you've got to be making sure is on point is your putting. So even if he is using this as a bit of a warm-up this week, one of the things I'm sure he will want to make sure that he's getting right on with is, is his putting and you know if he can um if he can make his way round this course four rounds and I don't think it will be too much of a stress for him then uh, he should be he should be fit going into the US Open. So Brooks Kepka at eight to one there and who is your each way selection for this week Barry? My each way selection this week is Keith Mitchell. Now this um selection is a bit of an interesting one for me because He's a bit up and down. He has won on the PJ Tour before. He won at the Honda Classic. Um, he's he's a, a, a very good player. He sometimes plays below probably where he should be. Um, he's got some really solid recent form, um, which is not necessarily reflected in his price. When you compare his price to people maybe slightly above him and look at the form around those um, those prices, he has a third and a fourth place finish in his last five events, which means that you know, he, he's playing some good golf. He's 26th um, for, uh, sorry, he's, at, he had, he's had a 26th as well within that five um, start. So a third or fourth and a 26th. And then he's ranked 21st um, for strokes gained off the tee. Now, we know this is a long course. We know it's a course where you're going to need to find the fairway um, and you're going to need to do so at a distance. And, and he's not short off the tee. He's relatively good um, at putting the ball in play. 
And I think, as I mentioned, again, I think when you're looking at the strength of the field, Keith Mitchell was a PJ Tour winner, has got that experience. He's 33 to 1. And for me, that, you know, gives us a little bit of each way value. Thanks for that, Barry. Now, obviously, the changes to the European tour schedule with some of the restrictions coming in out of Germany meant that we had a Monday finish for the Porsche European Open. And that means that as we record this podcast, uh, the full odds for the Scandinavian mixed are not quite out yet. Um, So if you do want to see Barry's tips from the Scandinavian mixed, please do click on to our website, read his in-depth preview in due course at nationalclubgolfer.com. This makes your uh, Baz's banker pretty easy one this week because you're only picking between Brooks Kepka and Keith Mitchell. So who's the best of those two? Uh, I think that might be the easiest question I answered today. I think he's got to be kept Kresnip so, uh, for the banker this week. I mean, I, I will be um, taking him as a win-only bet. Uh, there's no value in him each way, I don't think, at this point. But um, when you're looking at some bookmakers offer you know, enhanced win-only prices, you might get it boosted up to 9 or 10 to 1. I think that's a, a relatively respectable price considering the field. Great stuff, Barry. Pleasure to be in your company again this week. Thanks, Steve. See you again next week. And as I said earlier, you can read much more in-depth previews of all of Barry's selections uh, in his weekly columns on nationalclubgolfer.com. Please remember, if you are uh, having a bet, to gamble responsibly. And uh, do join us next week as we go on a deep dive into the US Open at Torrey Pines. We'll be giving you uh, all the best early prices and all the great selections from the third major of the year. So don't miss that. Look forward to seeing you next week. 